You know, it pains me to see someone like St. Sebastian, a model of masculinity, a symbol of faith and resilience, be hijacked and completely misrepresented and distorted by modern art, political activists, and political narratives. But all that changes today. See, today, you and I can reclaim his legacy. We can honor his martyrdom and challenge all of those misrepresentations. This isn't just history. It's a call to action for you and me. Greetings, listeners of the Latin Prayer Podcast. Welcome back for another episode. In today's video, we're going to take a look at how St. Sebastian has been hijacked, why it should even matter to you and to me, especially for the generations to come, and what we can do to reclaim this incredible saint, restoring him to his rightful place of veneration in the Roman Catholic Church. Truth be told, the hijacking of St. Sebastian's story is something that just breaks my heart. Because if you understand who he really was, and how he lived, and what he's been turned into, you can see the hand of the devil, the poison working its way to undermine the magnificence of such an incredible saint. So how has he been hijacked? Well, in the same way that St. Francis had been usurped by hippies and New Agers, and St. Hildegard of Bingen has been co-opted by feminists and New Agers, St. Sebastian has been abused by activists who promulgate sexual immorality and depravity. Some people speculate that this all started when he was being portrayed in the Renaissance when naturalism arose in paintings. And so artists began to paint him in this very effeminate way, this very slender, um, beautiful, young, scantily dressed man tied to a tree being pierced in a state of ecstasy and eroticism by these phallic arrows. It's disgusting because that is not at all who this man really was. And we'll talk about his actual story in just a little bit. The artist Guido Reni painted, I think, six different portraits of St. Sebastian. And most of those portraits had a big effect on many sexually immoral men throughout history. Notably, Oscar Wilde, Yuko Mishima, and the filmmaker Derek Jarman, who made a film in 1976 called Sebastien, and he portrayed this incredible man in a very sexually depraved and erotic sort of way. And this is sad because it has eventually led to St. Sebastian being called the patron saint of sexual immorality and sexual depravity. This has all culminated in today's culture. When you mention St. Sebastian, there are particular groups who promulgate sexual immorality and sexual depravity, and they've claimed him as their patron saint. Certain people want to change the moral teachings of the church, and they very evilly take this man as their patron saint and hold him up and portray him in a disgraceful and effeminate sort of way. So why does this even matter? What difference does it make to you or me, and especially for generations to come? I don't need to tell you that there's an attack on masculinity, on proper masculine virtues. 
You see it everywhere in society. The effeminizing of men and all of these heroic virtues that were once part of the fabric of our culture are now being eroded, and in some cases they're being combated against. And this is important because if we don't preserve or restore the correct image to who this saint is, then we perpetuate the lie and in some cases allow it to exaggerate itself. We need to stop the spread of the poison because otherwise our children look at saints as these effeminate beings. And this is true of me. Saint Sebastian made a very weak impression of me because of how he was presented to me. I never took him as a saint worth emulating because of the presentation. The way that the story was told to me didn't make me want to rally behind this saint or take them as my patron in this space and time. I think the effect is far greater exaggerated. And so I think it's important for us to reclaim him as a saint. And it begins by knowing his true story. Saint Sebastian, yes, was a Roman soldier. Even just saying that should create in your mind's eye, not the picture of this thin, slender, effeminate man, but of someone of incredible fortitude and courage and toughness. Think of all of the masculine virtues that you would want to embody, just on a physical level, all of the virtues that you would want to see in a man, a protector, a person of discipline, a person of courage, a person of fortitude, a person who wasn't afraid of adversity. That was a Roman soldier. It just so happens that St. Sebastian was a Christian in secret. He was so good at what he did that the Emperor Diocletian had him in his personal retinue as a bodyguard. Do you know what that means? That means that this was not someone that you mess with. This was a powerful and virtuous man, and this is a man who had no fear. Imagine being a Christian in secret as part of Diocletian's bodyguard. Well, eventually he gets found out. And as soon as Diocletian finds this out, he asks him, how could you betray me like this? And St. Sebastian says to him, I've been a Christian my whole life, and I have prayed to Almighty God for your protection, that God would bestow upon you the grace so that you might govern the Roman Empire with justice and truth and morality. St. Sebastian then went on to explain to him that offering incense to idols, to just pillars of stone, he thought was stupid and idiotic. Well, this so enraged Diocletian that he ordered him right then and there to be taken to a pillar, and we know the story. He's tied to this post, and all of his brother soldiers were ordered to shoot him, and not just shoot him with a few arrows. It is said that so many arrows pierced him that it looked like he was a pincushion, like a porcupine. Imagine a porcupine in your head. He had so many arrows coming out of him. You ever look at what an arrow looks like? Like, here's a broadhead. Okay, take a look at that. Imagine having so many of these sticking out of you that you look like a pincushion. And so they shoot him and they leave him for dead. But he didn't die. Now, it's said that later, a Christian woman by the name of Saint Irene went to try to bury his body and upon discovering him, realized that he was still alive. So she brought him back to her house and he made a miraculous recovery. 
All of the Christians heard about this. They knew that he was a Christian. They flocked to him and many Christian men told him, you need to get out of here. You need to run away. You need to protect yourself. And he goes, no, that's not why God preserved me. God restored life to me so that I can confront Diocletian and his wrath and tell him that what he is doing is evil and wrong. So the very next day, he stands in a public place where he knew the emperor was going to pass and he calls him out by name. Diocletian looks at him and goes, aren't you Sebastian who I ordered to be shot to death? And Sebastian responds and says, yes, and God preserved my life so that I should tell you that what you are doing is evil and cruel in persecuting Christians. Not only was everybody shocked, but Diocletian came unhinged. He ordered his men to bind Sebastian, throw him in prison, and to beat him nonstop with rocks until they confirmed he was dead. And so that none of the Christian men could bury his body and make a martyr out of him, he ordered them to take his body to the worst place imaginable, to a toilet, to an outhouse, basically, and to hang his body in the sewer slash outhouse. Kind of disgusting. Later that night, St. Sebastian's spirit appeared to St. Lucy, a glorious widow, and he said, this is where my body is. God had preserved it from odor and from defilement. And so to go take his body and after having washed it, to bury it in the catacombs with the apostles. Later that night, she and her servants found the body, washed it, buried it in the catacombs. You can read about the entire thing in Jacobus de Vorain's The Golden Legend. Readings on the Saints. My wife gave this to me for Christmas. So shout out to my wife for being such an awesome, awesome bibliophile and wife. So how do we reclaim this saint and restore him to his place of veneration and honor in the church? Well, it starts by recognizing his patronage. He's the patron saint of soldiers, of archers, of athletes, and of a holy death. He's invoked against plagues numerous times throughout history through his intercession plagues have just vanished. On his feast day, which is today, you can pray his litany. If you had started nine days before, you could have prayed his novena. You can still pray his novena. <laughs> In Sicily, the level of celebration is unmatched. The entire towns gather together for a procession. They lift this massive and heavy statue, and all of the young men in the families for generations will take their place in line. It is a place of honor to carry this statue and to process with it throughout the town. And there's bells, and there's cannons, and there's fireworks. In Puerto Rico, there's dancing, there's festivals, there's paper mache in Kerala, India, there's women dancing with parasols. But it is this grand celebration. It's sort of a conclusion to the Christmas, to the Epiphany spirit this celebration of St. Sebastian, of his patronage and his honor and his virtue and his courage, we still have a choice to preserve the true story of St. Sebastian. We still have the ability to combat modernist heresies of effeminacy, of lack of moral courage and virtue in the face of persecution. Before our lifetime is done, you and I might need to call out to St. Sebastian, and he may need to come and visit us in our physical or spiritual prison when we are being oppressed. And he might need to offer words of comfort, telling us to embrace the martyr's crown. This is why we need to fight back against this corruption and clear his name, preserve him, protect him, and to share him with our children. We cannot let 
what the world has done with this great saint, ruin our love for St. Sebastian. He deserves better, and it is our job to take up the fight and restore him, especially today when our world is riddled with sexual immorality and depravity, and our children are going to face tremendous harms. We need to pray for his intercession, ask for his help, for his protection, and for his encouragement so that we can embrace the sufferings that are in front of us and speak the truth boldly without fear. Saint Sebastian, ora pro nobis. Thank you once again for joining me for another episode. As is my custom, I would like to pray for all of our patrons, without whom none of this content could be brought to you. So please join me in praying for them, their family members, and their intentions right now. We're going to pray one Our Father, one Hail Mary, one Glory Be in Latin. I'm going to put the words up on the screen. It's an opportunity for you to practice your Latin. And I'm going to say it a little slower because I read some of the comments said that I prayed it too fast the last time. So here we go. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum. Adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cielo et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris et nenos inducas in tentationem, sed liberanos a malo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostrae. Amen. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicuterat in principio et nunc et semper, et in secula seculorum. Amen. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. So until our next episode, may God love you and Our Lady keep you.